Speaking of weather warfare, maybe they targeted my location here and they're starting, they're trying to shake us up. <laughs> they got their Tesla earthquake machine rolling. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is August 3rd, 2020. Oh my goodness, this is episode 227. And this week, this show, this moment, we're talking about fire, water, climate, warfare. And you know me, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons, coming at you live Again, on all the channels, Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, Canary Cry Radio YouTube channel, Twitch, which I see zero, but that's impossible. 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 Yeah. Facebook, Periscope, DLive. Hope everyone had a great weekend and we're back. Yeah. With, we uh, really did it, guys. We made it through another weekend. Yes. And uh, just to quickly start off, thank you for all the recommendations for my leg. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think... Uh, I Our think folk just the medicine uh, fans are out there. Yeah, I'm just going to say good advice. Yeah, I'm going to say the prayers helped the most because I woke up the next morning and the swelling was just way down and I didn't have to do any kind of crazy measures to uh, I didn't have to like throw salt on it. And uh, what, what did uh, some other people say? There were there were a whole bunch of recommendations, which I really appreciated. Some, and, uh, some sort of clay mixture. Somebody had a, <laughs> yeah. a, a rundown of how some sort of clay could help. Yeah. Some, know, uh, it was good. I learned a lot. I yeah, learned a lot. Let a snake bite it and release <laughs> more venom or something. I think that person yeah, was you, an Illuminati show. You know show. it'll make your, uh, your spider bite feel better is a snake bite. Yeah. Yeah. Illuminati like show. That. Oh, you got a little scratch. Let me break your arm. That'll help your scratch. Some good old... <laughs> dad medicine there um okay cool well let's see here i don't exactly know how to smoothly get into this so i will just do it okay Uh, on um well first of all i want to give a shout out to listener jerry he's been uh he's been a listener for years and years and years and haven't interacted a whole bunch with him but he's constantly on my facebook my facebook algorithms you know knows i'm a fan of his and uh you know but there's a contentious relationship because a couple years ago he got a new cat Mm -hmm. and he named it gons shapura oh Yes, so there's a cat <laughs> named Gons Shapura. Nice. He's very cute. Yes, that is super he cute. posted in the Canary Cry community on Facebook a picture of uh, Gons Shapura uh, interrupting his, uh, he was sewing some pants. So it was related to the infamous 38 minutes, um, <laughs> 38 minute dispute. If, if you're new and you didn't hear that episode, that was about four episodes ago, I'd say. Um, so you can catch up there, but there you go. Shout out to Jerry for Gons Shapura. Now, on last episode, I mentioned how a listener was, I will say, up. Uh, I don't know if they were upset, but the way that they let me know their grievance made me upset. And that was the way that uh, 
I or we pronounce Reuters, the Reuters Reuters debate. Okay. (laughs) And I I feel very strongly that I'm going to pronounce Reuters however I want in the moment. But I will say in my own defense, Gonzo, if you if you listen back to the history of Canary Cry News Talk, I go back and forth on Reuters and Reuters. There's a long time there. Yeah. Where I would I was saying Reuters and uh, and you were saying Reuters and I was in the, you know, in the right as always. Um, but for some reason, maybe it was your bad influence. I just have been pronouncing it Reuters recently. And this listener sent an email. I will say they did it the wrong way, calling me unprofessional and uh Take, you know, it's a very aggressive email. And so I mentioned it on the show last uh, episode, yada, yada, yada. I, it ended up that this listener and I uh, went back and forth on some emails, letting them know, uh, well, they were a little uh, disappointed in their own words that I had uh, responded in the way that I did. I let them know that, you know, we get a lot of criticism, Gons. This is the internet. You can't do what we do and not get criticism. And so I kind of threw it into the bucket of things to ignore, which it's still technically there, okay? But... I will say this. This is a good learning lesson in uh, in how to interact with people, especially, you know, maybe content creators that you have criticism of. Because uh, what subsequently happened is we had a short, short email back and forth. Um, and I let them know my viewpoint on this. And they let me know some more viewpoints. It was not uncontentious in all. But I will say this. What really changed the situation for me was when they finally decided to actually give me some data, some information on the whole thing uh, instead of just, you know, what seemed to be subjective criticism uh, the whole time. So I'm going to give you that information now. And I think this needs to be a learning lesson for all of us. Okay. Uh, the last email that I received from them included this section here, and I will read it to you concerning your current preference of pronunciation. That's me calling it rooters. I can see how you would go from Deuteronomy, which is similar spelling D E U, mm-hmm. uh, in comparison to R-E-U, Deuteronomy to Reuters. However, Deuteronomy is from the Latin and Reuters is from the German. The E-U sound is the same as Deutsche Bank, D-E-U, the Deutsche Bank. So, for example, with which I assume you are familiar and I know uh, and know how to pronounce, talking about Deutsche Bank, this is the problem with English parenthetical the devil's own language (laughs) it is half latin and half german and half everything else Mm -hmm. very funny yeah um let's see here back in the day we only listened to the news in the on the radio in the car my family did not watch tv at dinner time which is all to say that there were only three news feeds reuters ap and upi so we were able to hear the name pronounced So, number one, I have never heard any professional, you know, refer to Reuters. I've never listened to Reuters on the radio, any of that. So, I've only read it. But 
I, you know, this is a very good, very good breakdown of the information. The, uh, the difference between the Latin uh, spelling and pronunciation to the German spelling and pronunciation. I now understand on a, uh, an analytical uh, data breakdown of the, uh, the linguistic things here. Um, so I'm no longer so hostile to the, <laughs> the, uh, the information because, you know, I'm all about learning new things. I'm all about opening my mind when the data comes when the, you know, I'm not going to just take it as truth if somebody sends me a critical email, but if they send me the actual data, the actual information and try to teach me something, I'm much more open uh, to hearing what she has to say. I'm much less hostile towards it. And I think this is a learning moment from for everybody. You know, if you're trying to uh, criticize somebody or change somebody's perspective on something, it is not enough uh, to, you know, throw in some ad hominem attacks, uh, things like that. If you just start with the data, it's you're much more likely to make a change. Now, that being said, am I going to commit to uh, pronouncing it Reuters? No, not necessarily. But now I won't necessarily have to uh, take a stance and call it Reuters just to spite somebody who uh, criticized me. So... I, I will probably pronounce it Reuters sometimes, but if I'm not thinking about it, I'll probably still call it Reuters. But uh, there you go. I don't know. I, it was a good it was a good experience, you know, once we got there. You can't um, handle the truth. <laughs> and I, this is a recommendation, not just for this particular person who, uh, you know, is is my elder. They were if I hope they don't mind me mentioning they were they're over 55. Uh, so I won't give any any more information than that. But they are an, an elder, a learned elder uh, with experiences that I don't have. And uh, I am taking this opportunity to exercise openness to uh, information, actual data that will change my behavior. So there you go. Um, and this is advice for anyone who wants to send us emails or messages or anything uh, criticizing how we pronounce things or really anything. If you have a criticism, we're pr I'm probably I don't know about you guns. I'm probably going to ignore it unless <laughs> you've got some good data in there. And also don't just send a, a link to a YouTube video that's an hour long uh, to make your case. Just sure. lay it out. Just sure. lay it out. Yeah. You know, my take is that it's a conspiracy. They put <laughs> they put EU in there, the European Union. They want everybody to love the EU. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably right. That's so, just my <laughs> especially the Germans, man. They're, I know. They're, they're, they're behind the it. EU, the modern German Empire. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Right. Good stuff. Okay. There we go. Reuters, Reuters. We'll see what happens, but uh uh I my mind has been uh, softened to the idea. Excellent. All right. Are we ready to get into the show here now that Yeah, uh, let's do it. Update? Let's start off. Let's do a little flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Are you ready to become cyborg? Yeah, 
That's right. Flippy update time. This today's flippy update is a little. It's it's like a a para flippy update. It's not a flippy update proper. But for those who don't know, we start out the show with a flippy update. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use it as a conversation to talk about how robots are sneaking their way into our lives. Um, but that's not uh, properly what we're talking about today. What we are going to talk about is I found it over on globalnews.ca, and the article is titled Bionic Kitty Titanium Paws Give Frostbitten Feline New Lease on Life. Yes, and there's a very inspiring picture of a cute kitty with a little bionic paws. And the article uh, reads, When one Russian cat lost its paws, instead of resigning, it fought to keep living. A feline named Dimka, or Mist in Russian, lost her paws to frostbite. An anonymous person found her two years ago in the snow in the Siberian city of Novokushnetsk and quickly brought her to a clinic. Local publication Komsomolskaya Pravda reported. Why she was left on the side of the road, no one knows. Quote, there were two likely scenarios. Either she ran away or she fell out of a window. Veterinarian Jeez. Sergei Gorshkov told the local NGS.ru news website last summer, unfortunately, frostbite in animals is a very real problem in Siberia. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Siberia is a dangerous place for stray cats. The cat was taken from the local vet to veterinary clinic best in Novosibirsk, uh, which had two options, euthanize her or save her. One big-hearted vet went with the latter. Gorshkov made the decision that all four of her paws had to be amputated, along with part of her tail and both of her ears. Per the Moscow Times, instead of leaving her pawless, the clinic decided to go above and beyond and make this kitty's life as close to normal as possible with the help of 3D-printed bionic legs. The collaboration with researchers from Tomsk Polytechnic University... The team created a set of 3D printed prosthetics for the cat. They were installed onto Dimka's, ooh, installed onto Dimka's body with the help of titanium implants fused to her leg bones, the school said in a statement. The adorable cat got her first set of legs on Ju in July 2019, Fox News said, followed by her hind leg implants on December 2019. The clinic shared a video of the cat's journey last year to celebrate the successful procedures. According to the Moscow Times, the cat now lives with the woman who originally found her. So there you go, Gons. We got bionic cat legs. The cats are ready to become cyborg. If the theory that cats are aliens are true, then this makes 100% sense. Aliens. I know. That's right. This is not just transhumanism. It's transfelinism. Yeah. And they're going to be, yeah. they're going to lead the way in all the transhuman endeavors. <laughs> yes. If the cats do it, why shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for, okay. So there you go. Fun, fun story about cyborg kitty. I will say there is uh, one quick little flippy update proper. Uh, we actually reported on this robot a couple years ago, um, but it is up and operational and we got a nice little video here. We can show this is uh, shut down the audio here. Go ahead. 
a tweet from Vala Afshar. Ford's delivery robot can walk on two legs like a human. And you can see the video here. It's this little uh, walking bipedal robot. Very nice seafoam green color. It's got the backwards knees, which is terrifying. It's always and, creepy. Uh, uh huh. But it uh, it does harken back to my uh, my my robot legs uh, thesis with transhumanism, just with the backwards knees. Um, but there you go. This bipedal delivery robot is uh, up and running uh, from Ford. Interestingly enough. So are they going to have uh, driverless cars pull up, and then these robots come out of the trunk, which which is kind of creepy in itself when it emerges out of the trunk with its legs. Yeah, it's kind of reminds me of how of the uh, the battle droids from the Star Wars prequel movies. Yeah, how they're all folded up in the in the transport ship, and then they unfold and go to battle. Right, uh, it's very very similar to that, but um, actually pretty impressive robot compared to some of the other ones that are out there, and especially for deliveries. You know, there's all there's robot there's delivery robots in action right now. Um, that deliver food and stuff for coronavirus. We've talked about them for a while, uh, but they're on wheels and they roll around and you still have to, you know, they can't go up steps. They can't, uh, you know, get around in the, all the different ways, but this robot, uh, can do backflips. He can climb up to your bedroom window. He can, uh, do all sorts of scary things. Nice. Excellent. I'm, okay, I'm looking forward to it. So I, I don't have You're to get updated. out of my car. Ever again. <laughs> can it pick up food too? That'd be fantastic. Uh, well, I'm sure it can. It might smush the cheeseburger, but oh, uh, pretty good. Yeah, that'll be the day. The flippy hands off the burgers to the to this road walking Ford walking robot. <laughs> and then uh, here, eat human. Shove yeah. the food in your mouth. Yeah, that day yeah. is coming. All right. Well, let's see. Let's move on. We got a couple. Oh, I got, a, I got an update here. We got a bunch of updates, uh, actually. Um, but this one's kind of, uh, it's not really news, but I thought it was interesting and I included it in the show here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. So I've been, uh, clicking around the Netflixes there and ran into the show called Travelers. Have you seen Travelers, mm-hmm. Basil? I don't think so. You haven't? Okay, thought, so... Uh, is it a show or a movie? It's a show. It's got oh, no, three I've seasons. I've seen the show. Been through a couple seasons now. And, you know, we talk about predictive programming as kind of this process where they show what's going to happen before it happens. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people talked about some of the clips or some of these episodes in the past, especially early on in March when the whole pandemic thing started to take place. But uh, I I didn't know that this was part of the show and I ran into it. So basically the the theme of the show here, it's something you would enjoy, Basil, and it might Mm -hmm. be actually uh, uh, giving away your cover. Uh, the story is, is about these future uh, time travelers that take over the bodies of people that are about to die in the modern time, in the 21st is how they call it. And, uh, and they, they're on missions. Okay, so they have these numbers and stuff like that. And uh, they, they often reference this director, which turns out to be a quantum AI computer. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But I have a few clips here that I wanted to play. Uh, this one from episode number five, season two, it's called Jenny. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's the clip from that show. What was in the package? An antiviral. 
Historically, this is the beginning of a minor flu outbreak that kills 70,000 people worldwide. That does not sound minor to me. Percentage-wise, we're not wired to think in billions of people. Over a few months, an antigenic shift allows the virus to mutate, infecting more of the population. Eventually, the CDC and the WHO get it under control. Must be why they provided a broad-spectrum antiviral. This will inhibit the development of each of its mutations. Our mission is to save three of the people who historically don't make it. So there you go. Eventually, the at least the historical historical record goes uh, says that the CDC and WHO get it under control, which I thought was kind of funny. Mm, yes, and, uh, and trust here's, the trust your the authorities. Trust kids. the authorities. Uh, and then this is another clip from the same episode here, and how dire this virus was. How's it looking? We're all infected, aren't we? Not all. You, Philip, and Carly have it. You and I somehow rejected the virus. What? Each of your blood samples has a viral load between 500 and 1,000 copies per milliliter. Ours is zero. What about antibodies? Trace amounts. Somehow we're immune. How is that possible? It's hard to say without running more tests. So if we're immune, can't you create a blood serum? Um, We'll try, but we might be running out of time. This started with the mission. We can't be the only ones. Check the deep web for any other teams reporting the same symptoms. If it's transmitted through air particles and fomates, that means there's a good chance you've infected everyone you've come into contact with. Are you sure? Outside of an immunity, we're predicting an infection rate of over 40%. 40? Call everyone you've come into contact with. Tell them to stay inside. Stay inside. And you you talked over the part where uh, she mentions how the, uh, the, the virus spreads through the air. So that oh, was yeah. that's another uh, another thing. Yeah, the dark, the deep web. That's how the uh, the travelers communicate is yeah. through the deep web. Mm, and <laughs> classic, classic. Um, Check and the then deep web. This I thought was very uh, very interesting as well because on the next episode, uh, season two, episode six, it's titled U two three five. This mm-hmm. is like okay. So what what happened this year? We had the the virus, the pandemic, shut down everything, masks, the whole deal. You know, the, the whole talk about hospitals getting overfilled and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then we had the riots afterwards, right? We had looting mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Well, this, I, if this isn't predictive programming, I don't know what is. This is a character named David. He's a social worker. He's at this uh, uh, shelter helping people. You know, they're sick. They're, he's trying to feed them, all this kind of stuff. And his boss is trying to tell him to go home. David, you should go home. Yeah, I'm just going to sit for a bit. You've done your fair share. Government's getting serious. There's looting going on. Looting? Hmm. <laughs> I saw a movie a few months back where something like this happened. It was very believable. But I never bought hmm. the looting. Hey, everyone's getting sick, so let's... Let's break that window and steal that TV. I, I don't get that. Me neither. I mean, you get a pretty decent TV for next to nothing nowadays compared to what I got mine for. Oh, God. David. The expensive part is the cable. David, go home. <laughs> David, go home. <laughs> go home. Go home. Uh, I hope the audio is coming through clear. It's coming there through for a- me. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I, it'll be at least clear on the uh, on the RSS feed podcast version. 
on uh, the topic real quick on mm-hmm. the topic uh, referring to that the clip you just played and they were talking about movies and what happened in the movies right i uh the other day watched um v for vendetta again oh v for, oh yeah. yeah v for vendetta was uh really i you know i hadn't considered this before but it was after robot jocks of course my all-time favorite being robot jocks after that, when I was in high school, V for Vendetta came out. I, w- I was obsessed with V for Vendetta and uh, <laughs> watched it many, many, many times. One of the only DVDs I actually owned. And uh, I was surprised because watching it again, I still had big parts of it memorized. And yes, if you have seen the memes, it is a movie that takes place in 2020 where a virus has hit and there's looting and all this sort of stuff. And the government used it to uh, to take sort of a fascist government, took the opportunity, took control. And then it's sort of the the back end of that story. Basically, the second half of 2020, we're going to see. And in that movie, it, uh, you know, the virus hit on a uh, an election year as well. And that's how right. the, the new fascist government was able to take over riots, looting, all that kind of stuff is eerily similar to our current situation. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, V for Vendetta, the famous Guy Fox mask yep. uh, made its appearance. And I was just thinking, oh. I knew in real life it's going to be big googly eyes instead of the <laughs> the guy fox mask. Uh, it's going to be I'm not going to give anything away. But if you remember, Gons, have you seen it? Uh, I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Which oh, I, I try not. I try thing. to do. I try to limit my my viewing of that kind of stuff and and media because you know yeah. I can't turn off the part of my brain that you know analyzes everything from this uh, perspective. Sure. So I, I don't. I don't. I try not to just watch everything. I know a lot of people do, but um. Yeah, the, uh, I'll take a look. But the, the, one of the parts is uh, the whole city of London. They're all they all receive a Guy Fox mask and they all put it on. And there's, you know, thousands of people marching in the streets with their Guy Fox mask. And yes, I did imagine everybody marching in the streets with giant googly eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's symbol ideas. <laughs> you cannot symbol. kill ideas with bullets. Oh, and googly eyes will here take down the government. Uh, Okay, one more clip from the show, Travelers. This one's on episode 12. So the thing that's really interesting, and I'm giving away some parts of the plot, but who cares, right? This is, uh, I think this season was from 2017. So, uh, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who cares. Uh, The first Traveler, 001, the first Traveler that came back in time from the future. So one of the plot things is that they couldn't just go back in time whenever. They had to come back during the time of computers. And, and uh, because of the quantum AI thing and they can't, they can't go backwards in time. They, they can only uh, go forward from that point, which the first guy came zero zero one and zero zero one showed up in the tower, nine eleven towers, twin towers. And his whole mission was to die to, mm-hmm. and just send back a message to say that he made it to, you know, not be suspicious that there's time travelers, right? Good, mm-hmm. good, good plot. Uh, so this is, a uh, the character zero zero one, uh, talking about, uh, this device. Cause he becomes basically against the device, which they call the director. And, uh, he has a little rant here. See if you can catch a couple of the, uh, sort of the twists. He talks about God here and anytime God is mentioned in, in a show, there's always like a little twist of what's true 
You know, so mm-hmm. let, let's see if you can catch this. For 2,000 years, mankind believed that God was created in his image, guiding our lives, hearing our prayers. Could you hand me the screwdriver? But when those prayers weren't answered, we just chalked it up to his divine will. But then mankind created the power to build God, a machine more powerful than any human mind could ever be. It's just a The fate of our existence just handed to an AI with the ability to monitor each and every shifting timeline while we blindly obey its orders with the belief that salvation will come. Mr. Phillips, the problem isn't the fact that we believed in God. That we didn't believe in ourselves. Fine, I'll get it. It's time to pull back the curtain and take control of the present. To fight for our future. So there you go. Um, that you are getting some, uh, yeah, some messages about it's a little echoey. In, yeah. It looks like in the YouTube feed. Not much um, I can do so, about it. Yeah, so if you want a much cleaner version of the audio, make sure to subscribe to Canary Cry News Talk on your podcast catcher. Uh, the audio is significantly better in many ways. Um, and, you know, you get episodes delivered right to your phone. So uh, make sure to subscribe to Canary Cry News Talk. Right. So, um, yeah, I saw, I heard a couple things in there that okay. were. Yeah, what'd you one catch? Of them, I, one of them. And maybe I heard it incorrectly, um, but maybe you have it, you know, in your notes here. But it said something about uh, how we created God in our image. Yep, in that's, the that was yep that was that was the first one that yeah that was they, weird. They, yeah, isn't that weird that he would say that you know for two thousand years man believed God was created in his image, huh? Yeah, no, Wait, that's, that's not no. <laughs> That's That's opposite. It's like the 100% opposite. And notice that the guy who wants to take down the quantum AI, bad guy, Mm -hmm. bad guy. Oh, of course. Bad guy who believes in humanity, you know, that whole deal. Uh, So it's, it's just interesting how they portray religion in these shows. It's always, and there's another scene where these guys are, uh, these old people are getting ready for the rapture. And Mm -hmm. they're all about to drink the Kool-Aid, you know, to, to commit suicide together. And, uh, you know, they all get, uh, the the time travelers all take over their bodies and you got grandma with, uh, with the sniper rifle. It's, it's pretty funny, but anyway, (laughs) yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there because, you know, this is a Netflix original show and here you have, uh, pandemic propaganda. You have these lines that are clearly predictive programming type of stuff. And even the AI quantum computer God that the main main characters, uh, basically live their lives by and yeah. uh you gotta you gotta believe the director will save us so mm-hmm. <laughs> just that i throw that in there as a quick update okay. i know it's not that quick but something to keep an eye on as we uh blend fiction with reality science fiction was a documentary and there's more proof right there there you go okay great i'll have to check that show out where where does that stream uh netflix netflix you know it's yeah. uh i've heard i haven't seen the actual words on this but i think i mentioned it before i think technically since we're on twitch we're allowed to play amazon prime shows oh, on yeah, twitch without copyright worries yeah probably okay we should do that all right moving on what's the next update we have a quick fauci update Let's see, where's my little Fauci thing here? Here it is. Science is truth. Yeah, apparently. This is cbsnews.com. Dr. Fauci and Colin Kaepernick to receive award for commitment to social change. Mm, 
Wow. Uh, yeah. So the man who told us to socially distance <laughs> is now getting an award for commitment it's an to award social for telling people not to <laughs> hang out with each other. I just I don't understand. Uh, obviously, the irony is missed by a lot of people here, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to even read this article. It's not even worth giving him the time of day. Yeah. But there Sounds you go, good. Dr. Fauci winning awards now. Mm, it shows classic. the whole the whole thing is just nonsense here. He needs them. Yep, yep. And uh, also another update here. Did you hear about the uh, the pedo, the anti pedo, uh, not the the protests or the? Oh, hold on. Where's my? Uh, I did see videos. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in L.A. or something? Yeah. There was some uh, uh, trafficking uh, uh, protests going on. It's like a cancel Hollywood. There's a Bill Gates is evil banner. People holding up uh, stop child yeah. pornography. Uh, this is basically like the conservative right wing QAnon type of crowd coming mm-hmm. out with signs. And I think they were protesting in front of the CNN building. Uh, no violence as far as I can tell, but very interesting. We've been talking about this counter movement yeah. and, uh, it's hit the streets now and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You know, I think some people misunderstood what we were talking about in the last episode of what this is all about, but, uh-huh. uh, I just think it's fascinating to see people on the streets now, you know, to, to, uh, end human trafficking and making it a whole movement and, uh, <laughs> raising awareness Obviously, it's not as big as like BLM. It's not as well funded, yeah. I would say. But right. uh, you there, Basil? No, Basil. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Okay. Well, let's see. What's another update here? Oh, here we go. We have a 33 mm. update. This one was crazy. This is dailymail.co.uk exclusive. Mm. Man who oh, shot dead BLM protester in Austin is revealed as a 33 year old. <laughs> active duty army sergeant and Trump supporter who posted about using deadly force against the mobs, uh, before the killings. Okay. I'm getting a call from Basil here. Hello. Oh, we're back. You're back. Back. Oh man. They really got me that time. Yeah. They really kicked you off that time. That was a big one. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, just moving on here. Yeah, if dang. I can do it without well, the show, but. Yeah, no worries. What was I saying? Oh, I wanted to give props to uh, Creepy Uncle Joe in the Twitch chat. Uh, that <laughs> he's doing a good job of role playing in the chat. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget the exact thing I wanted to mention, but you wanna you wanna give me back your video, or are you? Just oh scared? yeah, I guess no. You should have some video. Let's give you that. Dang! Wow, that was a big disruption. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Okay, so I was reading this headline here from dailymail.co.uk. A man who shot dead BLM protester in Austin is revealed as a 33-year-old active duty army sergeant and Mm. Trump supporter who posted about using deadly force against the mobs before the killing. (laughs) Uh, We don't need to read about it because... There's uh, so many things wrong with that. Oh, yeah. It's just all over the place. But. Just to remind everybody, this shooting that happened in Austin, this guy, uh, this army, uh, I'm sorry, did he say he was an army sergeant? Army sergeant. Yep. Yeah. So this army sergeant was in his car yeah. uh, just driving and was blocked and surrounded by uh, Black Lives Matter protesters. And then a Black Lives Matter protester carrying an AK-47 walked up to the car and pointed it at this guy. 
And then uh, this army sergeant uh, drew his uh, concealed carry and shot the guy down. Um, But of course, that's not what you hear in that headline. You hear this hateful army patriot uh, just loves killing protesters. Yeah, but the strange thing is the guy was 20 or the guy was 33 years old. Yeah, that is also strange. So that that makes it seem like maybe this was a. Your messaging. The messaging, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This guy was uh, part of the plot, you know, to Mm. stir things up. Mm. And uh, Yeah, classic. All right, one more quick update, and then we'll get into some of the uh, the stories here. And this kind of leads us into the first story, but this one here. Burn it all. uh, This is ABC7.com. Apple fire scorches 26,450 acres in Riverside County. Arson suspected, Mm. officials say. And uh, this is by an area that I used to visit quite a bit, uh, the apple farms and stuff that are up in the the mountains down here. Mm. And uh, it says here, firefighters on Monday were continuing to battle a massive apple fire, which Cal Fire said had burned 26,450 acres in the Cherry Valley area of Riverside County and was only 5% contained. Mm -hmm. Officials said that uh, at least two outbuildings were also destroyed by the blaze, which began shortly after 5 p.m., Friday near Oak Glen Road and Apple Tree Lane. No injuries have been reported in the region's first major wildfire of the season. And uh, yeah, Oak Glen is uh, the little apple farm that I used to visit all the time and uh, where the wife grew up around that area. So uh, been there a lot. So it'd be bad. I would be upset if that place burned down, but they have a really cool trail up there. And um, just some of the footage of the fire is just like, man. Crazy. What kind of laser yeah. beams are they shooting from space to burn all that up? <laughs> it's your directed energy weapons yeah, there. Yeah. Pretty insane. Uh, which leads us into uh, the other story about things burning, and this one from Portland. Burn it all. Uh-oh. You want to take this one? Uh, yeah, give me a second to go over here. Here we go. We're coming from the WashingtonExaminer.com. Uh, the headline is titled, This is Who They Are. Portland protesters filmed burning Bibles and American flag amid violence in city. Portland protesters were filmed burning Bibles and the American flag as protests continue in the city for more than two months. Republican Texas Sen- Senator Ted Cruz responded to a Friday video of people burning what was described as a stack of Bibles on Twitter Saturday, saying this is who they are. The president's son, Donald Trump Jr., also reacted to the footage, appearing to lay blame on the far-left Antifa movement. Quote, now we move to the book-burning phase, he wrote on Twitter. I'm pretty sure Antifa doesn't actually stand for what they say it stands for. Maybe just remove the anti-part of them, uh, <laughs> them name, and it's perfect. Uh, leaving just fa <laughs> for fascism. Uh, conservative commentator... Uh, Charlie Kirk said of the video on Sunday, our faith is under attack. Protesters have targeted federal property, most notably the federal courthouse in recent weeks as violence continues, sparked by the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis on Memorial Day. Quote, these aren't late night demonstrations, Oregon U.S. Attorney Bill Williams told reporters in July outside the federal courthouse. Quote, this is criminal activity. There's a difference. What you have failed and the media have failed to distinguish between, you seem unwilling to call people engaged in criminal conduct as criminals as opposed to lawful 
peaceful protesting. The quote continues, I'm just saying there needs to be a distinction made between lawful, constitutionally protected protests and this. This is unlawful and people, whether you're an opportunist, an antagonist, an agitator, or an anarchist, call it for what it is, he added. An agent with the Department of Homeland Security anonymously described the scenes as totally surreal. The quote continues, a totally surreal experience. You get large, nonviolent demonstrations where people march, they chant, they give speeches, then shortly after are replaced with a smaller crowd, though still large, who immediately start trying to break into and destroy the federal courthouse. They have transposed their hatred for the president and for law enforcement onto the physical structure of the federal courthouse and the uniformed personnel whose job is to protect that courthouse, the agent told the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, quoting continues, they throw homemade Molotov cocktails, try to set the walls on fire, try to cut. Well, I'll say all Molotov cocktails are homemade. I don't think you can buy manufactured ones. Try to set the walls on fire, uh, try to cut and pry through the plywood, plywood covering the glass walls and all while screaming vitriol until their voices are cracked and hoarse. When DHS personnel are visible, they throw frozen water bottles at them, canned goods, paint and gasoline. They try to shine high-powered lasers into our eyes, which can cause permanent damage. They chant and spray paint feds go home as one of their slogans, and that could be easily achieved. If they could prove they wouldn't destroy the courthouse, DHS personnel would go home. It's that simple, the agent added. President Trump has moved federal law enforcement officers to cities seeing repeated riots and violence and has been vocal in his condemnation of local leaders not controlling the situation. Quote, a lot of people in jail. These are anarchists. These are protesters. These are people that hate our country and we're not going to let it go forward. Trump said in July of the Portland riots, the governor in the mayor and the senators out there, they are afraid of these people. That's the reason they don't want us to help them. They're afraid. I really believe they're actually maybe even physically afraid of these people because what they're doing is incredible. And that's the end of the uh, article there. You know, uh, just to pop it in here, I don't I don't think I'm I meant to uh, put this article in a, a past show. I don't think we ever got to it, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there were reports, uh, as we know, the the federal or the the mysterious uh, officers or agents, you know, swooping up protesters and putting them in unmarked vans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've gone through that. Um, there were reports that these people were getting let out of jail, but they had to swear that they would no longer uh, go to protests. Right. Um, yeah. I remember and, you and had that story. Did we actually go through the story? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. So that I'll just summarize it being, you know, a lot of these protesters getting swooped up when they're let out of jail uh, on bail or even, um, you know, it's, it's it was un- unconstitutional. They were being swooped up and held with no uh, due process. They were never uh, a, um, no charges were ever brought. They were just held for hours and then released. Uh, but in order to be released, they had to uh, swear or promise or sign a thing that said they would not go to any more protests. And there's a lot of conversation about how uh, not only is picking these people up on unconstitutional, not no due process, no charges being uh, brought to them being unconstitutional, but then also, you know, making them swear to never go to a protest again 
also had its First Amendment unconstitutionality attached to it. Um, but you can compare this, and it's a it's a it's a little bit of a difficult uh, thing to parse because. When you commit a crime uh, and, for instance, if you get a felony, you do lose uh, many of your your, rights. Uh, your constitutional rights. You yeah. can't own a firearm. You can't vote. You know, so taking away the constitutional rights of criminals is I mean, there's precedent of that, whether it's right or wrong in the long term, you know, it's still being decided, I suppose. Um but the problem was these people weren't being charged with anything and they were not being put through the legal process in, in a, you know, a constitutional way. And so forcing them to give up rights without, you know, being categorized as an actual criminal or felon as far as their legal standing goes, you know, there's a little bit of an issue with that. Um, and, you know, in, at this point, I, there's a lot of division. There's, it's really easy for people who are not happy uh, with the violence and the protesting and stuff like that to just say, well, that's what they get. They get what's coming to them. Um, but that's a very dangerous division to take to, to, to take uh, uh, to just take for granted. You know, because it that's the problem is it starts these constitutional rights being taken away. They start with people who, you know, we won't fight for. You know, there's a certain half the country will not bat an eye or argue about these people, you know, being unconstitutionally detained, not charged with a crime, given no due process and then taken away their constitutional rights. Um, you know, outside of the the normal legal system. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, they shouldn't have been out there and they're protesters and they're burning stuff and they deserve it. But the problem is, depending on what happens in the future, this will set precedent for them to take away the rights of anybody who they want to. You know, there's there's a very real possibility that the the power structure will change hands this November um, I, you know, I know that's contested, but as time goes on, I'm, I'm less and less confident that Trump has this one in the bag. Um, but, you know, if power changes and suddenly it's a Democratic, you know, is run by the Democratic Party and they start swooping up uh, conservatives. I'm just saying in hypothetical here, I'm not saying this will happen, but hypothetically, if they start treating conservatives in the same way that they're treating, uh, you know, these people at these protests, there's going to be some big problems. And I think conservatives are going to wish that they had taken a stand, you know, for the constitutional rights of every American um, instead of celebrating, you know, the, these uh, protesters and looters and rioters um, outside of constitutionally uh, mandated ways. So anyways, there's there's my rant for the day, I guess. Sure. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it does feel like a setup uh, short term, long term. It doesn't matter, you know, because people don't think about how uh, if the pattern stands, then we have another four years of Trump. But then mm -hmm. likely, you know, we, there's an old adage about presidents are uh, selected, not elected. Likely mm -hmm. we're going to go swing the other direction after that, even if Trump is here for another four years. and the way things are going, how socialist, openly socialist the Democratic Party is, it's going to be bad in 2024 if once the, the Democrats 
get back in power, so to speak, of uh, right. the presidency, whoever it is, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's, it's going to be a very interesting decade, I would say, for the United States. And uh, either way, it doesn't really matter whether it happens this year or 2024. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And I think the I'm looking at this Charlie Kirk. I've had this Charlie Kirk tweet up on the post here uh, where it says BLM Inc. arsonists just burned a stack of Bibles in Portland. The activist media won't report on this because it's likely they support it. Our faith is under attack. If you vote for Biden, you vote for Bible burnings. And, <laughs> and again, that, that precedent uh -huh. being set, even if Biden doesn't win, it's going to be the same precedent that your faith is under attack, which it is. I'm not saying it's not. But, yeah. but uh, I think that is setting up, we've talked about this, setting up the, the, the conservative right wing to have a violent uprising and and yeah we support the second amendment and all these things but yeah at what point are are you are the things that we didn't the, the you know not protecting the the basic you know constitutional rights that uh, when will that come back to haunt us yeah and uh that that's i think the main point you were making here yeah and to put it to put it simply thank you for clarifying to put it simply you know there's there's a real danger the divide and it's all it all goes back to who are you letting pull your puppet strings you right. know um you got to be really careful about uh you know being led to feel a certain way without critically thinking about it yeah you know if you're re in my opinion if you're a true constitution loving patriot uh, we need to be fighting for the constitutional rights of even these people we disagree with. Right. Um, right, right. Because because you should know with the history of tyranny and uh, the way that authoritarian governments develop, it's by dividing, getting their people to agree to treat one group of people a certain way. And then that uh, desensitizes the population. Uh, to letting more people be treated that way. And if we don't, you know, stand up for the constitutional rights of people we don't agree with, it's going to bite us in the butt later on down the road. And, yeah. um, and the, we're going to be sad about it. It's the same reason why, you know, if a Satanist wants to preach somewhere, it's like, go ahead, you know, go, go ahead and do it. You know, <laughs> we're, I will protect your right to do it, even though you can 100% disagree with the content. But, right. that gets, but again, a lot of those things get into some uh, difficult areas when it comes to various topics. Yeah. And, well, and, and with our with yeah. the spiritual worldview, you know, you can fight things on a spiritual level right. while still protecting the political uh, rights of individuals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yes. You know, when it comes that's a very interesting um, uh, example you bring up there, you know, Satanists out on the street doing Satanist stuff. You know, it, well, as long as they're not harming anybody. Well, yes. You know? Let's assume that there's no laws being broken. Yeah. Um, no melting babies. You know, protecting their right to do that because by extension, you're protecting your own right to do that. And that battle, it, it, I don't believe, should be fought politically. That should be fought right. spiritually. Right, right. Amen. All right. So uh, that's that's something to keep in mind here. We, we've been trying to keep an eye on the Portland thing. I know this is a very right-leaning article, but I thought it was... Uh, Important to at least mention because yes, Bibles were being burned, and no matter what your worldview is, whether you uh, believe in the Bible or not, uh, anytime book burning starts, you got yourself uh, <laughs> a situation problematic. Yeah, historically problematic. So just keeping that, keeping tabs on that, and um, 
Yeah, let's let's move on because we we talked about the fire here, but there's a I feel like there's there's a different kind of warfare taking place here. In some of these things, you know, we know conceptually about weather modification, geoengineering and weather warfare. But uh, as I was putting together today's show and looking at some of the stories, the theme sort of crept up on its own. It's not something we planned. And Mm -hmm. with a lot of these shows, by the way, for those of you listening, we don't come into it with like, okay, we're going to talk about this today. You know, we let the news sort of determine the theme and uh, a couple of the main stories. And and it's not based on the story themselves per se, but it's, you know, usually we, we give our own commentary and our own you know, crazy spin on things, <laughs> but right. uh, this first one here has to do with uh, Isaiah. It will kill. All right. So this is usatoday.com hurricane warning issued for Carolinas as strengthening Isaiah takes aim on East coast. Mm. And I've been seeing a lot of this stuff recently. Have you been seeing a lot of the warnings? I've here and there, yeah. Here and there, yeah. While Florida may be uh, may have been spared the worst of tropical storm Isaiah, that won't be the case for the mid Atlantic and northeastern U.S. Isaiah is forecast to make landfall as a hurricane in the Carolinas on Monday night and will bring dangerous storm surge and flash flooding to most of the eastern seaboard over the next few days, the National Weather Service said. The National Hurricane Center issued a hurricane warning from South Santee River, South Carolina to Surf City, North Carolina, meaning winds of at least 74 miles per hour are expected there. Quote, we are forecasting it to become a hurricane before it reaches the coast this evening. Senior hurricane specialist Daniel Brown said, sounds like a movie character. I'm Daniel Brown. Uh, it's going to be bad. Uh, it's forecast to produce a dangerous storm surge of three to five feet in portion of North and South Carolina, calling the surge life threatening. The hurricane center warned that quote, the combination of dangerous or of a dangerous storm surge and the tide will cause normally dry areas near the coast to be flooded by rising waters, moving inland from the shoreline and quote, Isaiah's pronounced Isaiah's. I guess I was saying it wrong. Isaias. 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 Okay. Could bring heavy rains to up to eight inches in spots as it moves up the coast, Brown said. And quote, all those rains could produce flash flooding across portions of eastern Carolina's mid-Atlantic and even in the northeast U.S. As of 11 a.m. Monday, the center for Isaias was located about 220 miles southwest or south southwest of Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina, and moving to the north at 13 miles per hour, the Hurricane Center said. The storm's winds clocked in at 70 miles per hour, which is just four miles per hour below hurricane level. Flood watches were posted all over, or all the way from the Carolinas to New England. In all, some 53 million people were uh, where flood watches are in effect. These watches include the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Philadelphia, and New York City metro areas. Hurricane Center Ken Graham said 90% of fatalities from tropical storm systems are from water. Quote, so that's a dangerous situation. Too much uh, precipitation, Graham said. Quote, if you're out and about, don't drive your car where waters cover the road. And it's got a little bit more here. Uh... 
tornado warnings for Tuesday in the Virginia Northeast Islands. Um, so just the point here is there's a lot of uh, storm watch, a lot of effects of the, uh, I guess, just the season, right? Hurricane season, right? Allegedly. Right? Elbow nudge basil. Um, (laughs) and and the point here what i'm trying to make is that it seems like given the fact that china and the u.s have been kind of at 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 odds to say the least Mm -hmm. uh this type of weather warfare could be in play as we speak here and we know about china we've reported on china and their flooding and that's part of the next story here uh to kind of Compare and contrast what's going on with uh, the storm here. So let's uh, move on to the next one. Okay. Welcome to Chinese It will kill. This is on uh, foxnews.com here. Vulnerable eastern China areas evacuated ahead of Typhoon Hagupit. Hagupit. This is quite the name. Uh... Beijing, vulnerable coastal areas were being evacuated and fishing boats recalled to port before a typhoon was expected to bring heavy rains to eastern China late Monday, as much of the country is still recovering from unusually heavy summer flooding. Typhoon Hagupit had gusts of up to 56 miles per hour at its center and was moving northwest at 16 miles per hour. China's National Meteorological Center said Hagaput is expected to come ashore between Zhejiang and Fujian provinces. Shanghai is expected to feel the effects. Ferry services and some trains have been suspended and 4,481 passengers were taken off boats in waters off of Zhejiang. Uh, coastal cities of Wenzhou and Tanzhou. In Fujian, coastal fisheries were evacuated, tourist spots were closed, and construction sites ordered to suspend operations. Fishing boats were ordered to avoid seas expected to be impacted by the typhoon. This year's typhoon season has been relatively mild in China, although flooding since June along its major river systems has caused scores of deaths, forced around 2 million people to be evacuated and caused more than 49 billion yuan, $7 billion, in damage. So China's feeling it too here. That's what I'm saying, man. It's kind of weird that we've had all this stuff in China and then all of a sudden we got, uh, you know, we have yeah. the, 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 the one coming up approaching the east coast of the U.S. and then, you know, China getting ready for another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Just a little bit of, and the I thing sense is, we're working our way up to a thesis, <laughs> right? And obviously, the whole climate, you know, debate, the climate change—that's been part of a, a big political issue. Mm, and remember in the before four times when climate change was like the big conversation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the biggest thing we had to worry about. And it's really interesting because. Right as these storms are hitting China, it's hitting the east coast of the U.S., I started to see over the weekend a lot of climate change articles. Again, you know, they kind of come in waves, you know. There's like a cycle, news cycle. But um, this one that I found, uh, again, seems to be pushing for that same same concept. And uh, this story is from Yahoo. This is finance.yahoo.com. And uh, it's titled... It's time for American leaders to wake up to the threat of climate change for the good of the planet and business. 
and yeah. business and business. <laughs> the coronavirus pandemic has worn out its welcome on Earth. Just try and find someone who's not sick and tired of working from the basement, wearing a mask, bumping elbows and greeting, or simply living with the worry of themselves or their family getting sick. And these inconveniences pale in comparison to the pain many have suffered from sickness or the loss of loved ones. If we could have, if we could have seen the pandemic coming and had the power to prevent it, of course we would have. If we had the power but sat on our hands as millions became sick and died, that inaction would be unforgivable. There is another problem that we know is coming that we have the power to address, and yet, which we continually do too little or often nothing to tackle. I'm talking about climate change. Dun, dun, dun. Left unchecked, the impact of climate change will only further alter our world as we know it, reshaping our coastlines and the cities that sit on them. Jeez, this guy's like super apocalyptic. Accelerating species extinction, devastating agriculture and causing famine, ravaging our economy and impacting everyone's health. Uh, though often regarded as a hot potato in politics, one of the biggest points of opposition to addressing climate change is the cost. How can a world whose transportation and energy systems are so heavily rooted in burning hydrocarbons afford to scrap them and shift to other cleaner forms of energy? I approach it from the other direction, however. How can we afford not to? Yes, the looming cost to human life and the natural world are paramount and merit, and merit immediate and sustained commitment to long-term action. For those who also worry about the economics of tackling climate change, consider this. Goldman Sachs recently estimated that there is $16 trillion to be made in just the next 10 years from new investments in renewable energy. Ooh. That's a lot of money. Put your money. Put your money in renewable energies, I guess. Furthermore, if the United States committed to help keep global warming within two degrees Celsius, this would create between one trillion and two trillion in yearly investments in renewable energy. At a time when the global pandemic has dealt a mighty blow to the world's economy, those kinds of numbers should be music to our ears. Uh, why would we not embrace the enormous economic benefits and job creation of investing in next generation transportation and renewable energy systems? As a Republican governor of the seventh largest state and a top 25 global economy, I was proud to champion energy and environmental policies that helped Ohio reduce its carbon emission by almost 30% between 2015 and 2014, or 2005, sorry, 2005 and 20, 2014, all while achieving strong job creation and still managing major new investments in natural gas from shale with regulations that surpassed the federal government's. Our approach was balanced, reasonable, and productive with a focus on encouraging energy investments while also protecting public health and the environment and preserving the Ohio's renewable energy standard. Thanks to the state's support for renewable energy, thousands of new jobs were created by companies like Amazon and Facebook, which, like many tech companies, are committed to renewable energy use. Are they? Are they really? I don't know. Hey, if there's that much money to be made. I, I see Tesla may be involved in some of this stuff, but I haven't heard much from Facebook and Amazon. Anyway, the time has come for people who understand the need to be good stewards of our environment and who can appreciate the value of a global economic boost to roll up their sleeves and push for the switch to renewable energy and clean transportation. Traditional renewable energy sources like solar and wind have stood the test of time and merit greater investment and deployment. Clean natural gas can be the bridge as we ramp up more renewables and make the final break from carbon intensive fuels. We also need to support research into new green energy technologies and bring these to market. 
<laughs> this is my favorite part. I joined former Secretary of State John Kerry, who's a skull and bones, and former California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger behind an effort called World War Zero to help bring together a group of unlikely allies, Democrats, Republicans, and independents, scientists, military leaders, business leaders, diplomats, entertainers, and ordinary people from all walks of life to mobilize, speak up, and tackle climate change together. And to find wow. new ways to <laughs> and to find wow. new wow, wow. <laughs> and find new ways of helping people appreciate uh, the need to address the problem. Seeing the economic benefits of renewable energy investments at a time of a global recession might not be an angle that first comes to mind, but tough problems merit different approaches and demand that we take advantage of the opportunities when they arise, like now. Just like America's shift to a wartime footing in the 1940s helped end the Great Depression. The manufacturing revolution and global job creation that would be ushered in by the transition to a clean energy economy could deal critical blows to the two dragons at once, climate change and economic downturn. Let your voice be heard and make clear to those who lead that we cannot waste this opportunity. So there you go. It's funny because this is such a Hegelian dialectic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is so much of the, the uh, problem reaction solution. And while there's probably we know about weather manipulation technologies and geoengineering technologies, not even secret, you know, there's like all these uh, projects from the forties and and seventies and fifties cloud seeding. There's all kinds of stuff that people have done to affect our weather. And mm-hmm. it's not been to used harp and not to mention harp and yeah, all that stuff. And, and, and so that's all there and researchable and you can look it up, (laughs) but you know, we have to, we have to politicize it and make it, make it about this new energy thing. And, and we need to tackle climate change and we're going to do with renewable energies. And it's just so controlled when all this stuff is readily available, you know, well in in the past, you you know, one aspect of this um, that I haven't heard too many people hear about or here i haven't heard too many people hear about it or talk about it um which is you know i i see the climate change thing in this article as a good example of this as a primarily economic yeah. issue yeah um and just to break it down very simply it gets much more complicated than this but here's the thing the current form of capitalism the the capitalism as as a uh, ideology to run an economy um it requires constant growth yeah uh, if if it does not grow it dies and it needs to grow in many different ways it needs to grow uh, in population, it needs to grow in influence, obviously needs to grow in capital, meaning money needs to grow across the board. If you have in the the uh, the the church of capitalism, if there's not growth, you're failing. You can't just right. chill at one, you know, one level. There's no sustenance. And, yeah. Always and growth or where die. I think the climate change thing comes in is and why you know yahoo finance is talking about it and why it says uh you know the headline includes you know blah 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 threat of climate change for the good of the planet 
and business is because we're at a point in our history where traditional energy sources, traditional infrastructure, uh, traditional, you know, all the stuff we've we've been uh, living off of for 100 years or more. Uh, it's no longer not not sustainable, but the growth is down. Um, and this is exemplified in the fact that, you know, the oil companies used to be the most valuable companies in the world. ExxonMobil uh, and, you know, Shell, all these types of companies, they were the the pinnacle of capitalist achievement. And just going simply by, uh, 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 you know, numbers, just earnings uh, the value of the company, publicly traded, stock prices, all these things. Oil companies used to be the top. Now, since the sort of internet, big data, you know, Silicon Valley revolution, uh, oil companies are no longer the most powerful companies. They're no longer the most valuable. They're no longer the most uh, uh, influential companies. And the the old guard, if you will, of energy is... Uh, the growth has stopped. The, yeah. There is no more, you know, there, there's a ceiling on the growth of that uh, economic structure of, you know, oil-based businesses. And simply from an economic perspective, you must grow year over year. If you don't grow, you fail. And the oil, traditional uh, energy companies have hit a ceiling. They are not growing in the way that they should. And so, you know, there's a there's a part of the climate change issue that is strictly economic because it's an industry that uh, has, you know, a lot of room for exponential growth and therefore, uh, you know, economic motivation to make a switch over to clean stuff, whether or not, you know, the climate change debate or the climate change science or whatever, whether or not climate change is real in its in the traditional sense, um, it is the most effective next step for capitalism uh, to take in order to have some more room to grow, which is why you get, you know, the numbers are so huge. What was it? 13 trillion dollars or 16 something? 16 trillion, yeah. 16 over the next whatever decade or something. Right. I and mean, that's an enormous market. And uh, and that's just where that's just where the world has to go if the capitalist structure is going to continue on in the future. So yeah. I I I kind of been starting to look at the situation totally apart from the climate change alarmism, the activism, the uh, whatever you want to call it. You know the moral um, the moral stance of climate change. To the <clears throat> to the leadership of the planet and to the you know elite structures, the moral aspect is significantly less important than the fact that it's the answer to an ailing energy industry um, right. that you need. You can't let it ail. You must have it grow, or else capitalism well, that, will fail. Yeah, and yeah. so you know the climate change thing has been transmogrified into a moral issue for you know individual citizens of the world. Um, but above all of that, it's it's a an economic issue that must you know they must go in this direction, or else the this the scaffolding of the traditional capitalist 
uh, energy industries will fall and it will just be a disaster for just for capitalism as an ideology. So uh, that's why I think and, and I know this is a little bit of a turn from the usual conversations of climate change and things like that. But when you start thinking about it in economic terms, it makes much more sense because, you know, there's all this back and forth about the science and the morality and, you know, is, does it really matter? Is it real? Is it not real? None of that matters. None of the science matters. None of the legitimacy of facts matters. Nothing matters when the, the, the growth of the capitalist industry of energy requires growth into that market. Um, there is nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. And, and the, the, yeah. the greatest example uh, back in, I think March, I think it was March or maybe April, the, the, the oil price, the, the futures contract for oil went negative, like negative $37 right. or something. Yeah. And that was because the world economy had stopped and, uh, the, you know, the, their futures contracts. So they, the, you know, the oil producers produce the barrels of oil and they have to give them, give them away. They got to make room for more, but nobody was buying it because nobody needed it because nothing was moving. And so mm-hmm. the, the oil company said, here, we'll pay you to take the oil. <laughs> and I think, uh, actually right. Trump, Trump made some, uh, made some moves there. And I think he got some cheap gas, uh, or cheap oil anyway. But, right. um, I have this, uh, have you ever heard of energy E N E R G I? No, I'm looking at it on the screen. Though. Okay. What is this? Okay. This is the cryptocurrency for world consciousness. Okay, Ooh. this is uh this is oh, supposed no. to be a crypto that's uh I don't own any just for transparency's sake. And there are rumors about this company uh being connected to Warren Buffett, uh who is, you know, who who took out a lot of money from the airlines and all that kind of stuff. He's sitting on cash and Tesla. Your uh, your boy Elon and Tesla. Oh, gosh. And so they might be building some of their infrastructure with energy, not financial advice. But something to to keep an eye on and and you know keep tabs on because I think something like this, a tokenized type of crypto situation here, is how energy is going to be governed in the future. And uh, it says here, our mission: energy is the unification of optimized economics with the best in class tech, led by far-seeing vision and moral values. Ah, Fe- there it fe- is. Yep, featuring smart contracts, governance and a self-funding treasury to enable sustainable growth and rewards for contributors. Excuse me, I got a burp, burp thing going. But yeah, that's just, you know, keep in mind, keep in mind something to maybe look for. Yeah. And uh, uh, this is the kind of direction energy in general is going. It's a controlled release. Uh, you know, Tesla technology has been here for over a century. And I think the elites have hoarded it. And that's where a lot of the weather warfare stuff comes in. I think they're using it for their means and mm-hmm. us little people, we get to just, you know, receive whatever they hand out to us. And yeah. I feel like this type of in- infrastructure is what they're doing with that yeah. uh, whole situation. Totally. And uh, someone in the chat Forsov Abbott in the chat says it's more than economics. They always label things as wars in order to get everyone on board before Causing chaos and being the solution, war on drugs, war on terror, war on Corona, war, World War Zero. And you make a good point there, Forsov, but I uh, totally disagree that it's more than economics. 
labeling things wars. I mean, wars themselves that are, they are economic. Almost, <laughs> almost entirely yeah. Yeah. predicated on economics. War on drugs. That was an economic, ec- economically motivated thing. War on terror. Absolutely economically uh, motivated. I could go into details on this, but I don't want to take too much time. But, you know, the war on terror is all about economics, taking control of the Middle East for oil and uh, war on Corona obviously has its economic uh, roots in, you know, billions, half a uh, half a trillion dollars being spent on vaccines before they even exist. And uh, obviously World War Zero. So war being a rhetorical term, but it is absolutely economic at its very foundation. And yeah. that's that's the. Uh, yeah. And go. keep in mind that all wars, uh, especially in the last few centuries, have been funded. Both sides of any war have been funded by the same people, yeah. the, the same exactly. bankers, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's even, no even World War Two. You talk yeah, about. Yeah. You know, even Hitler and his pers- uh, his uh, you know massacre uh, was all economically driven. His whole case for his uh, you know the war against the Jews was economically driven. You know, based on banking and and all sorts of other nonsense. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but it was all based on taking advantage of a scared Germany who had been completely ransacked. Uh, during World War One, Germany was completely destroyed economically, and it was that economic motivation that Hitler used to, you know, start World War Two. That's um, how you so, do it. That's how wars are done now. It's like you, yeah. you, you, you destroy the economy. Everyone's desperate, and then you got to go to war. We, we got to finance it somehow, and then everyone jumps on board, and you know, lives yeah. are lost for what they think is a cause that's greater than themselves. And it is, but it's not for what they think. And uh, I think one of the most dangerous things when we're talking about economics and war and all this is even religion being used, uh, especially in America, the Americanism. And I know Mm -hmm. some people might be triggered with this, but it's it's true that in the 50s, a lot of the Americanism, the the nationalism uh, Mm -hmm. was a psyop. They were using religion. They were using Christianity to garner a sort of Americanism and American, uh, you know, the great uh, founding forefathers were all Christian and we must protect this Christian nation. That was all by design. It's pretty right. disturbing when you start looking in that, to that stuff. And it's not to yeah. take sides with the liberals or anything like that. We're just talking facts and history. No. Yeah. If you're just going straight historically, people are now just naming various wars in the chat, the civil war, absolutely hundred percent economic. Slavery, <laughs> yeah. was an, slavery was an economic institution for cheap labor to grow cotton, to sell back to England. I mean, every, that's all it is. It's all economically driven, but yeah. we, I think we've uh, kicked that dead horse enough. Oh, earthquake, earthquake you or got door earthquake? slamming. Live uh, earthquake. Yeah. Either live earthquake or that was like a really crazy door slam from, from below. <laughs> let me, let me check. That would, that would be the second, the second earthquake, earthquake in months that we've had live on the show. Speaking of weather warfare, maybe they targeted my location here and they're starting to, they're trying to shake us up. <laughs> They got their Tesla earthquake machine rolling. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let me pull up my latest earthquake machine here. USGS. Uh, it's taking a while to load here. Maybe they're shutting down the internet too. Yeah, it happens. Uh, uh, yeah, it happens. So um, uh, uh, I don't see anything immediate. While you do that, you keep looking. I just want to ask you a quick question. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the time here. Did you want to hit this... Uh, 
this uh, yeah. explanation yeah. thing here? So okay. uh, there's a website called newworldwar.org. Don't know too much about it other than they have a weather warfare introduction essay that uh, is very well done in terms of just a, you know, an overview. If you're new to this information, uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. A lot of, uh, a lot of it's sourced. Uh, I'll read a couple paragraphs here in 19 in his 1931 book, the scientific outlook, Lord Bertrand Arthur Russell, winner of the Nobel prize in literature in 1950 discussed mm-hmm. manipulating the weather quote. It may be that God made the world. Russell proclaimed, Quote, that is no reason why we should not make it over. Charles mm. Galton Darwin, a physicist who worked on the Manhattan Project, who was also the grandson of Charles Darwin, talked about gaining direct control over the climate in his 1952 book, uh, The Next Million Years. Weather mod- modification is now possible. Attempts to modify the weather have been made since at least the late 1940s. In 1947, the U.S. Navy, Army, and Air Force, working with General Electric Corporation, made the first attempt to modify a hurricane under Project Cirrus by dropping about 80 pounds of dry ice into clouds. Uh, Hmm. Project Cumulus, carried out by the British Royal Air Force between 1949 and 1952, included cloud seeding experiments over southern England. It was allegedly responsible for the 1952 flood in the Devon village of Linmouth, which resulted in 34 deaths and the destruction of multiple structures. In the 1950s, the U.S. Uh, U.S. Forest Service carried out a project called Skyfire, in which they experimented with cloud seeding techniques to to decrease lightning in order to reduce forest fires. Then, under Project Storm Fury from 1962 to 83, the U.S. government tried to disrupt the inner structure of hurricanes in the Atlantic by flying uh, aircraft into them and seeding them with silver iodide. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks, Did our stream just drop for a moment? It might have dropped for a moment, but it's okay. We're here. Uh, Weather modification involves three major categories, suppression of weather patterns, intensification of weather patterns, and in some cases, the introduction of completely new weather patterns. The two basic methods to accomplish weather modification include cloud seeding and directed energy. And it goes on here. And uh, again, we'll leave the link in the description and the or mainly canarycrynewstalk.com and uh, you'll get all of your uh, uh, just a good overview. In a few short minutes, if you're new to the topic, uh, I think I have one uh, paragraph highlighted here. Harp is basically a multi-purpose tool. It exists to detect underground structures, to search for natural resources, to address national security issues, to communicate with submerged submarines using uh, submarines using elf waves for surveillance purposes and to examine new options for strategic communications. And um, yeah, we, we've talked about Harp before. And let me see here. It looks like there was an earthquake, a 3.5 in Yorba Linda, which is fairly close to me, about 10 miles or so away from where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe there was a small shakeup down here, which is not unusual. Yeah. I felt more that's like California. a California. That's, that's, yeah, that's your California. version of your uh, yearly hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny, it's too, because a lot of people, uh, I visited conferences out of town, you know, and uh, they always people that I talk to from other local areas and or other areas of the country, they always say, California, how do you deal with the earthquakes? It's so scary, you know, and it's, it's mostly shaky once in a while. Well, most of the time, earthquakes are like us, you know, something shaking and being like, well, was that an earthquake or was that what was that? 
If yeah. somebody slammed the door or almost unless it was the big one, almost unnoticeable, unless, you know, the big ones you notice, yeah. uh, I remember Northridge and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's not as crazy as people make it out to be. Um, but yeah, I, I think in general, so much of our nature, natural, you know, resources, so to speak, not just oil, but our weather has been yeah. controlled or at least messed with. And so I think it's always funny that they always blame the people. That, oh, we've caused climate, we've caused pollution and it's all our fault and we have to carbon taxes. And oh, we're just so horrible. Humans are so bad. But in reality, who's, who's the one that might be really messing with our weather and the consequences of that? I don't think it's us. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's I some mean, other people. Even with just harp, the high powered ionization of yeah. different levels of the atmosphere is, is incredibly disruptive. Right. You know, if, if you're if you're coming from the standpoint that there is some sort of homeostasis within the Earth's, uh, you know, climate, uh, you know, harp itself, hyper ionization of <laughs> upper atmosphere, that alone would <laughs> would throw some sort of homeostasis out of whack. And yeah. not, you know, not, I don't know. I'm not trying to make any hard stance here. I'm just saying uh, harp is not even, that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's a no. well-known project funded by the government. And uh, yeah, you, you can bet your, your bottom dollar that, uh, you know, messing with things like that is going to cause some long-term issues, uh, whether or not the, the average person driving cars too much or using too many water bottles you know, adds to that. It may or may or may not, but uh, certainly big government programs specifically designed to affect the weather are going to have a huge impact on it as well. Yeah. All right. Let's um, uh, take a quick. Are you, you got something else? No, I'm all good. Let's take a quick little break. Let's do it. It's break time. Okay, folks, don't go anywhere. We're just going to take a quick little break to catch our breath, but stick around because after the break, we got, uh, we're going to be talking about the great mask debate. Um, <laughs> some updates there, Gonzo, and then a little bit of Space Pope Reptilian. Whoa, what, and what, what are we doing? What, what is it? <laughs> we're going to be talking about the great mask debate. Oh, Gonzo. Okay. And uh, Space Pope Reptilian and Nephilim Update. All sorts of good stuff after the break. So don't go anywhere. But we want to take a second uh, to thank some wonderful people as well as uh, introduce some new content here. So, Gons, I'm going to start out by zooming through a list of our new Twitch followers. Are oh, you we got, ready? Yeah, we got a lot of them today, don't we? I know. Yeah, actually, I'm going to reload the page just get anybody else up there yep okay you ready yep first we've got it is time for change thank you it is time for change then we have nw gig thanks nw gig we got aaron schaefer 2020 aaron schaefer thank you very much don't rent your soul Oh, that's good yeah, advice. Yeah. Thank don't you. Do don't rent your soul. These are now just a reminder. These are all new Twitch followers who made the switch uh, from wherever they came from to watch live on Twitch um, or even just as a backup. So we're thanking these people. We got one named here. I'm a cheese boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, cheese boy. We got Cerebro 1920. Ooh. Yeah. Gun Shadow 85. All right. We've got Inflict. 
That's it. Thank Inflict. You. Yes, just inflict. Spelled funny. Uh, baby Bravo. Ooh, thank you, Baby Bravo. Johnny Bravo's Pray- kid. <laughs> Praise Yahweh. All right. This one's, uh, I think this one's a native Twitcher. It may, must have found us on the list. Baby Oil Boy. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Sister Ninja, 501st. All right. A lot of ninjas, cool. Sister Ninjas. Yeah. Shield Maiden for Christ. Thank you. Shield Maiden for Christ. Kevin Arnold. Whoa, blah, 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 blah. Kevin <laughs> Arnold Ashburner. Ooh. Got a full full name there. Zebra thirty one thirty nine. Nero forty seven two. Nero. Yep. Annie Annie Onemus Nemus. Super Dave seventy five. Blondie nine thousand and eight. XJKO. And that's all of them. Those are, you had about 20 today. Thank you very much for following us on Twitch. And if you haven't done it yet, we highly recommend it. Uh, Twitch is a, you know, we get it. They're owned by Amazon. We're not, uh, not super happy about that, but it's got the word witch in it. They're much kinder to us uh, as content producers than YouTube has been or any other uh, place, you know, that's easily accessible. Um, So they've got great, great chat options. They've got some fun things we can build into it and we're working on that. Uh, But we need more people to watch on Twitch. We've been hovering, hovering right about 100 for a couple months which is strange. No, not a lot of new people watching on Twitch, but we're doing the best we can. And uh, just a little update on the rankings here, guns. Let's see where we're sitting today. We were at eighth earlier in the day, but now we are at ninth on the talk shows and podcasts category. So that's pretty high up the list. I'm happy about that. Okay. Um, so that's kind of fun. But if you want to help us climb those charts, it helps to spread the show, get new people to see the show and hopefully join in. Uh, you can watch live on Twitch. Um, also, I got some advice from somebody who is uh, more or less a professional Twitch or a Twitch professional And they said uh, the rankings, climbing up on those rankings is also predicated on the the active viewers on Twitch. So if you're watching on Twitch right now, just just type something in into the chat. Just say hi on the chat, um, because that apparently makes makes a big difference on where we are ranked and it just helps out the show. So if you're watching live on Twitch, just say hi in the chat just to let us know you're here and that will uh that'll help us out. So thank you so much. Um okay. <laughs> Everybody in the chat now saying hi. <laughs> I know, I'm loving hi, this. Hi, this hi. is great. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, hi, hey, hi. Daddy Fauci, congratulations on your award, buddy. <laughs> Daddy Fauci in the chat. Wow, award winning. Uh, award social oh, change. Yeah, he's really changing the social <laughs> around here too. Um, okay, so now we want to take a second and thank some of our new producers of the show. That's right. We have producers and they're not fancy Hollywood folk. They are normal people who uh, are are tune into the show. They appreciate the show. They think what we're doing is important and they help support the show financially. They're not just donors. They are producers because this is the real world. If you pay for a piece of media to be uh, created, you're not just a listener, you're a producer. So we want to thank some of our producers that came in since last show. Um, 
Hmm, I closed all of my Patreon tabs. We did get a new one in during the show, Gun, so I will oh, add that. But first of all, I want to start out by saying uh, we got some new producers uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Um, and uh, this new producer that just came in, Oh, no, we're going to. So this one came in on Friday on the last show. Uh, and this is Mikey Sam. You may have heard Mikey Sam's name before. Thank you, Mikey Sam, uh, supporting us both uh, on both of our Patreons. So you are the man or woman or both, whoever you are. Thank you very much, Mikey Sam. Um, and then we had a new producer come in right at the last second here. Zuzim Slayer. That's right. Thank you very much, Zuzim Slayer. Um, I don't think we had any new producers over on patreon.com slash canary cry. I thought, I, I thought we had, uh, well, I'm going to check now because my list is totally different from what you just read there. I know, even with I the ju- new one. Oh, okay. So let me, let me look real quick here and yeah, make sure I'm not. Too. Um, no, I, I was just on there. There's nobody new. Are you sure? Yep. I'm looking at it right now. Nobody knew since last show. So sad. But uh, thank you to those two. Uh, We had Mikey Sam and Zuzim Slayer. And uh, those are people who went to patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Became a supporter. There's a bunch of bonus episodes there. All sorts of fun uh, rewards. But more than that, uh, you get to... Uh, you know, you take some ownership in the show. And, uh, you know, again, like I like to say, pro- supporting media producers that you enjoy and not forcing them to bow to the the idolic god of advertising um, is one of the most powerful things you can do with your money. Uh, Gons, you and I support dozens of other people doing great work. Um, and it's a way to separate ourselves from the the evil system of advertising, which turns you, the listeners, into commodities uh, for creators to sell uh, to big corporations, big evil corporations. So we don't yes. think that that's the greatest idea. And uh, we are thankful to those who support us. But if you're uh, so patreon.com slash CCNT is one option. But if you don't like Patreon, that's OK. You can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a place with other options that are not uh, mediated by Patreon. Uh, We've got PayPal options there. You can come in with a monthly support option, or if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation in any amount. Uh, There's also uh, uh, cryptocurrency uh, options there, all sorts of fun ways to support the show. Gons, who came in there? Well, according to my notes here, and by the way, uh, that Mikey Sam, uh, I had it down as Samantha, which was just my mistake. Sounds same like thing. half of it. Yes. Yeah, half of it. Uh, but also we'd have a, I don't know if it's the same or different. Uh, if it is the same, excellent. If it's different, excellent. E- excellent. <laughs> Producer Samantha coming Thank in on you. PayPal. Thank you, Samantha. And we also had a producership come in for, it's listed as Jason. 
Thank you, Jason. And we also have another uh, second. I guess it's a different. It's a different person, but uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to get it too confused. Another mm-hmm. Jason. Thank you. Jason two Jason. people named Jason become wow. producers of the show. So uh, what are the odds? Yeah, what are the odds? And we also <laughs> had Marsha. Marsha. Oh, Marsha. 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 Thanks, Marsha. So thank you for Okey your producership. Dokey. Beautiful. Well, thank you to our producers who financially support the show. Like I said, that is the only way we keep this show going. And it's a beautiful thing because, uh, you know, we're not having to get all wrapped up in advertising contracts where advertisers can pull their support. And then we're suddenly, you know, left hanging because we said something the advertiser doesn't like. You know, we're not brand friendly at times. And these are all the things that... uh, You know, look, I don't want to disparage any show that does do advertisers. I know that uh, there are a decent amount of shows that do advertising. And, uh, you know, if, if that's what you're called to do and if that's what you're what makes you able to continue the good work, then that's great. But there's a lot of dangers that are connected to that. And uh, we are trying to insulate ourselves from the temptation uh, to bowing down to the advertising model of this world. (laughs) It's one of the biggest problems with uh, media creation, biggest problems with clickbait (sighs) and nonsense and self-censoring and all this kind of stuff all stems from advertisers you know people not wanting to anger their advertisers so it's the support of our producers you people if you think the show is worth keeping going and you listen to the show and you get any value out of it you get the opportunity to put value back in and it's very rewarding as someone who supports a lot of uh people myself it's uh it's a very rewarding experience to take ownership and add value to the programs that you uh appreciate. There I have a go. question for you uh-huh. because you probably know this better than I would. But what mm-hmm. if we put together like a mock commercial of mm-hmm. us selling a product that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and uh making it seem like you know like well, oh you, some uh some nanites these nanites will heal your any ailment of your body. These Send us a hundred dollars and we'll give you this bottle of nanobots. But you know, it's uh-huh. an inside joke. No, everyone knows we're not going to send you nanobots, but we can kind of okay. have fun with it. Is that legal? Uh-huh. Uh, I think if <laughs> or we would that be false make sure, that's a great question. It's, it's a complicated thing. But <laughs> I think if we're explicitly clear, you know, at the, at the oh, yeah, end, we got to have that little tag at the end where yeah, the guy the, talks super fast. Nanobots nope, are nope. not really for sale. All donations sent to Canary Cry Radio are considered producership, and uh, no nanobots are here to take over your brain. Thank you very much. <laughs> something like that. You know, the, the fast talk. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe something like that. We can do something like that. And we can sell all kinds of stuff, you know, from the future, like robots. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so it's brilliant ideas here coming live on the show. Oh, all right, we'll, well, we'll get to work on that. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So another way to produce the show, we've got producers in all walks of life and all sorts of fun uh, ways. Another way to produce the show is to create art or jingles or, you know, different production work on the show. Uh, Gons, what do we got? Any jingles, any art come in this week? Yes, we got a jingle that came in from Arnie and he asked if we had a deep fake jingle, which uh, technically we do. I did put the, this one together. Where's my deep fake one? I must have gotten rid of it off the, the template here. Your old uh, one? Yeah, my old one. Uh, well, no, this is the deep one. This is deep. There's that one, but there's also the deep fake one. I'm not finding it at the moment, but we do have one. Uh, but he sent one in, so let's uh, give it a whirl here. Yeah, like I was punk. waiting. I'm like, are yeah. they gonna yeah. say deep fake or is there any? <laughs> yeah, it's just just deep a guitar fake. riff. Just a guitar riff. Uh, no, fun. but that's uh, yeah, I like it. Oh, here's the here it is. We are in deep fake. That, that was all that was I put fun. together. Yeah. A little snappier, but that's yeah. good. Well, what, you know, it's always good to have uh, different ammunition depending yes. on the the uh, target we're shooting for. So thank you very much, Arnie. Uh, yes. And if you out there are a jingle maker, make it short, make it snappy. Don't put too much uh, copywritten material in it uh, for anything on the show, any topic, or even just jokes, you know. It's just send a basil one, you know. Just uh, <laughs> Oh, we did have the razzle basil jingle. We haven't played that in a while. Um, anyways, yeah. if you're a jingle person, make one, send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Yes. What about and art? We do have art, of course. We have. Uh, Gasoline Bonds, Allie, oh, yes. she came Allie. in with another one. Prolific, prolific. Trouble in Paradise, aka. Oh yes, Basil's. this is a this is a very specific reference. Yeah, For, uh, mostly only the live viewers will know this. If you participate in chat, uh, marry me, Basil, a a, a uh, loyal listener and chatter shows up for all the live streams for the most part. Um, and then when we had a new uh, a new Twitch follower named Basil's baby mama. It really caused some some issues. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I don't see the art up. Do you have it up on screen, guys? Yep, it's art. It's up. Uh, uh, the stream must be lagging. I can't see it. So you'll have to describe it. Okay. So it's Trouble in Paradise, aka Basil's baby mama, uh-huh. and uh, it's got uh, <laughs> uh, marry me, Basil. I'm guessing on the left. Uh, with some fine chocolate looking at her, I think it's a laptop and it says, ah, my, there we and, go. and she's saying, my life is over. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. And it's then, a side uh, by side of the moment when, uh, marry me. Basil saw that Basil's baby mama joined the, <laughs> yeah. joined the team. And then you have, uh, uh, Basil in the mirror saying, tell me you scripted this. And yes, saying it to the cat, referring to the the undeniable fact that my cats script every show. It seems extemporaneous how we do this show, but really it's all carefully scripted and rehearsed by my team of cat writers. Yes. Um, and I have to be yes. I have to get it approved by the alien transhuman cat before I can publish <laughs> anything. So very good. Thank you very much, Allie. Gazel and Bonds in the chat there. Yep. Uh, always great art coming from Allie. And we got another one from uh, the other uh, artist that sends us quite a bit of stuff, Jay Vela. 
Mm-hmm. And they ha- it's a quantum computing montage art piece. It's got AI, uh, robot angels, transhuman bodies with ones and zeros, a jellyfish with a brain computer interface, a VR headset inside of a, a cube. Yes, the uh, montage. The really, really, I, I recommend everybody, if you're listening on the podcast version, check out canarycryradio.com. Sorry, news canarycrynewstalk.com or the Facebook page and take a look at these pieces of art, uh, especially these sort of montage collage ones. Very, uh, a lot to see, a lot to ponder, and a you lot know, being communicated. The one thing I've noticed about all Jay Vela's artwork, it's all in notebooks. And I'm wondering if uh, they're in class or something, you know, they're like not paying oh, yeah, attention maybe. to <laughs> to the teacher instead <laughs> listening yeah. to CCNT, which we recommend you doing. Yes. Uh, wow. if you're, uh, oh yeah. Look at that. Holy smokes. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. Jay Vela. Very good work. Yes. Thank you, Jay Vela. And then we got one more. Oh, I'm on OBS. Oh, my computer's starting to freak out a little bit. Okay. Uh-oh. This one is from Magoo. Magoo. Uh, prolific Magoo. Magoo. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not sure what's happening here. <laughs> I, I can't see it quite yet. I'm waiting for the stream to catch up so I can see it. Maybe I can pull it up on the email here and help you, Gons. Okay. Help so you identify what we're looking at here. Uh, he's uh, oh, think- very talented at, uh, at sort of the kindergarten level art. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, it's. I wow. think it's what me on the right. On uh, it's me okay. on the right mm-hmm. uh, with a with a razor in my hand, and this is oh. again a reference to me talking about shaving for swimming. Oh, you're swimming. Yes, I'm swimming. Where you had to I shave got, your body. You got your Tesla shorts. Tesla on. shorts. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and I'm saying I love my silky smooth legs. Mm-hmm. And, and I am saying, ooh, shiny. And there's a canary. Uh, very specifically, my legs are not shaved. Very no. hairy. <laughs> very and a little hairy. canary looking at my legs saying, yoinks, looks like a nice place to make a nest. <laughs> wow, Magoo. Wow. Very. You're, he's a visionary. I'll say he's yes. a visionary. Yes. yes. And has deep uh, understanding of canary cry lore. <laughs> So we love all the art. I think it's fantastic, uh, especially like the inside jokes one. We we get a kick out of it anyway. And uh, yeah, as we, a good as time. we yeah. Lose, so lose thank viewers. you to our producers, Jay Vela Ali and Mr. Magoo for creating the art for this show. You can find the art on CanaryCryNewsTalk.com and the Canary Cry Radio Facebook page. So thank you very much. I want to give a quick shout out and thank everybody who uh, has has responded to uh, my little pitch for um, the Joy Spiracy theory uh, that I did last show. Lots of people have been checking out the show. Thank you very much. And yes, keep an eye out for new episodes. Um, and because of last episode, I've had many more people say that they are willing to come on the show. So once I get my butt in gear here, um, uh, the Joy Spiracy Theory is going to take off once again. Now, Gons, uh, we have a rating and a review. Are All you right. ready? I'm ready. Right. Okay, so ratings and reviews are very important aspects of doing a podcast. Uh, as the creator, you really have no control over the algorithms that share your show with people who've never 
uh, seen it before. That is com- almost completely predicated on people leaving ratings and reviews. And I want to thank Caribou Jaguar for leaving a rating and a review on Canary Cry News Talk on Apple Podcasts. Uh, they say, getting twitchy over here. And then there's a robot emoji. And they say, oh, this was a five-star review. Thank you, Caribou Jaguar. They have a robot emoji. And they say, I have joined Twitch to to appease my Canary Cry overlords. Beep boop. Beep boop. I have conformed successfully. Beep boop. Download complete. Robot emoji. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you. This is a great example of an effective... Uh, an entertaining uh, way to leave a rating and a review for the show. So thank you very much, Caribou Jaguar. And if you haven't done it yet, which I know there are many of you who have not done it yet, uh, it would be a real personal favor to Gons and I if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts specifically uh, for Canary Cry News Talk. An easy way to do this, you don't even need to have Apple Podcasts on your phone leave a review here's what you do google or don't google bing or DuckDuckGo. search uh the term canary cry news talk apple podcasts or better yet just go to canarycrynewstalk.com and there's a link there right for you okay there's that too but you can also search canary cry news talk apple podcasts it'll pop up our, our uh our page on apple podcasts and just click leave a review and uh, that'll be very nice. Thank you very much. Okay. There's one last thing, Gons, I wanted to talk about okay. before we end the break. I'm sorry right. this break is getting a little long. It's super um, long. Yeah, I know. But it's content. It's all content, baby. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had a very, very generous producer. We asked a while back uh, for somebody while they're watching the live stream to make notes, write down the time code of when we switch topics Um, So it can help uh, future viewers find a topic that they want to listen to. And then, you know, they can just click on the link and it takes them right to where they want, you know, the topic they want to listen to. Very helpful. Who is the name of that producer again? I want to give them credit. Uh, I'm trying to remember it now. I'm pulling it up so I I can. We need to write that down because they're very valuable service they're offering to us. That night wind. That night wind. Thank yes. you very much, producer. That night, wind, you're a valuable part of the team. Um, but there is a next step that I would like to take, and it doesn't have to be that night, wind. It could be anybody. Um, what we really want to do, because the show is so long, um, and it kind of turns people off to listening to it, I would like to start getting clips of individual uh, topics that we talk about. And here's the, what I think the best way for this to go would be. Um, somebody out there who's a listener who is uh, capable of downloading YouTube videos and chopping them up in a in a video software like uh, you know uh, a Final Cut or Adobe uh, Premiere, whatever you do. If you're a YouTube person, you know how to do this. If you could uh, take those time codes that that night wind is giving us, which will be posted in the show notes. And uh, make some clips, clip out 
these sections where we are talking about an individual topic because we find that a lot of people want to share the information and the the uh, observations and the breakdown and the analysis of different stories and different topics that we talk about, but it's very hard to navigate or send, you know, if you want to send your friend, you know, a clip or something right now, you have to send them a whole three hour show and they have to kind of like figure out where to go. But if somebody out there would start clipping it for us that we could upload um, as individual clips that you could share around, that would be so incredibly valuable to us. You would instantly become a valued producer. Um, and it's easy, you know, if you got a couple minutes, you can download the YouTube file and then just go through that night winds, uh, markers, List. time codes. Yeah. Time yeah codes. And just clip out clips and send it to us. And, uh, that would be great. I'm just putting that out there for somebody who wants to get more involved in production, more involved in the community. Um, you can do that if you're interested in that. Just either let us know, send an email to canarycryradio at gmail.com or just do it and let us know. <laughs> and uh, you'll be Maybe you'll you be can... on the at the top of my list of people to give hugs to when I see them in person. All right. Unless okay. unless we're still social distancing. Oh, in which case you'd have to elbow them. I'll be in my yeah my hazmat suit. Yeah. Um, OK, it's time to wake up, Gons. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Hey, yo, wake, oh, wake up. up. Wake We're up. getting wake back up. to the show here, folks. So here we go. Uh, Gons, you want this one or you want me to grab this one? Uh, I'll do, I'll do this it. one. You do this you one. Do. All right. Okay. You do. I'll do. All right. If you're working uh, alone, wear a mask. A mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. Okay, this is from timesofisrael.com. New Israeli-made mask claims to offer best protection yet against coronavirus. And they are really taking it to the next level, Gons. <laughs> An Israeli scientist has invented a mask that, in quotations, seals the face. And according to testing, blocks 99.25 of coronavirus-sized particles, he says. Noam Gavrieli helped the Israel Defense Forces develop gas masks during the Iraq war and admits that his new product, Viramask, resembles some wartime protection devices and doesn't look attractive. But he said (laughs) that in terms of protection, it offers a significant improvement over the N95 mask, which are meant to filter at least 95% of airborne particles and are widely seen as the best currently available option. Gavrieli, Viramask, Mask CEO told the Times of Israel, quote, unlike other products, this is sealed all around the face like a gas mask and diving masks. And the filter is much more dense than an N95 mask and surgical masks, meaning that fewer particles can penetrate. He said this can give peace of mind. Ooh, I had a little pop up. Peace of mind to hospital workers and other medical professionals, including dentists and others who are at higher risk of being exposed to coronavirus. The mask straps around the head and covers the eyes, nose and mouth, meaning that all points currently believed to be channels for coronavirus infection are protected. Quote, in this case, you're covering yourself completely and also protecting the environment around you from any infection you may have. 
said Gavrielli, who was a professor of physiology at the Technion Israel Institute of Technology until his early retirement in 2005. Quote, originally we designed it to give protection for medical staff, but others have been have started buying it online and we're finding that almost everyone can use it, he said. People buy it and go to visit grandparents to go on flights and wear for hospital checkups, etc., etc. The article goes on, but uh, you can buy it. Uh, for $70. And so far, they've sold 10,000 of them uh, through their medical supply distributed distributors and online purchases. And, you know, there it is. That's that's the new look. Oh, beast fashion would have been a great jingle for this one. Yeah, I was looking at the, the line that says he said, this can give peace of mind. It's all, it's always it's about, all about the peace, peace of, of mind. mind. It's all about peace of mind. And uh, yeah, he is following <laughs> a couple of weird things. First of all, he's following the new guidelines from Fauci that now our eyes will give us coronavirus. So he's uh, got a <laughs> goggles on this gas mask here. The picture they have of the mannequin wearing it, it is definitely not sealed around the mannequin's eyes. I don't know if that's just a mannequin issue or a product <laughs> yeah, issue. You can totally see the giant gap yeah, between. <laughs> offers no protection to this mannequin, unfortunately. Uh, but there you go, Guns. It's the new look, baby. It's like it looks kind of like Ant Man, the Ant Man suit. Yeah, it does or, have an uh, Ant Man vibe to it. Yeah, I don't got know. Got a big man. square. The design is really strange. It's got this big, humongous square mouth on it. Uh, that's kind of off-putting, but you know what? It's for peace of mind, baby. Hey, Grandma. Nice to see you, Grandma. I love you so much. <laughs> this All is right. way better than a Zoom meeting. <laughs> All right. Okay. There you yep. go. Just a little mask update for the for those looking for the available options. I, I did bust out my full-on gas mask the other day. Oh, good. To yeah, go to the grocery for, store or something? Just for fun. No, I walked out to the mailbox uh, <laughs> with a full-on gas mask, and I, kind of, I was disappointed no neighbors were out there to see me. Maybe they were peeking yeah, it's through okay. their blinds or something. But It's okay. The Eye of Sauron is proud. <laughs> yes. The Eye of Sauron from the sky. Skynet was very proud of you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I want to mention real quick, Will, Will Steele, William Steele, acclaimed... Uh, Jewel, Jewel thief, thief in the chat uh, has volunteered, I think, to do the clipping of the Ooh, show. I think cool. I think that's what he's saying. Will Steele, if that's true, you are the man. You're not only a claimed Jewel Thief, but uh, a number one friend right now. We need, we need somebody to build a robot clippy to clip our oh show. Oh my gosh, Gons. That's the greatest <laughs> joke you've ever said. Oh, Good wow. job. <laughs> 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 I don't know how it's I feel about that. About that. that. It was like sarcasm. Yeah, it was like People sarcasm. don't like it when we're mean to each other. That was positive <laughs> reinforcement. Sure, it was. Okay, <laughs> let's go on with the next one here. If you're working alone, wear a mask. The mask's not for you. It's to protect the people you care about. Of course it is, because according to thehill.com, Delta flight returns to gate after Uh-oh. two passengers refuse to wear masks. What? Man, just inconveniencing oh everybody. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm getting triggered emotionally. I'm going into PTSD. <laughs> the thought of being on a plane and having it turn around and go back to the gate because somebody won't put on a mask 
is affecting me emotionally right now. A Delta Airlines flight returned to the gate last week after two travelers refused to wear masks or face coverings, a spokeswoman for the airline confirmed to The Hill. Flight 1227 was set to travel from Detroit to Atlanta on July 23rd. Delta spokeswoman Emma Kate Protis said, and after the delay, the plane departed to its destination. The two passengers who refused to wear masks or face coverings were removed from the flight. Wow. Delta states on its website that, quote, customers and employees are required to wear a face mask or appropriate cloth face covering over their nose and mouth throughout their travel, aligning with best practice guidelines from the CDC and prevention, blah, blah, blah. Delta. Wow. I know. Delta has also blocked seats between customers on flights and reduced the number of passengers allowed on flights to provide for distance amid the ongoing pandemic. Delta CEO Ed Bastian said last week that more than 100 people have been added to the airline's no-fly list because they refused to wear masks on flights. Quote, we've been steadily and rather aggressively stepping up our enforcement on the mask policy. You cannot board a Delta plane unless you have a mask on. If you board the plane and you insist on not wearing your mask, we will insist that you don't fly Delta into the future. <laughs> I like how they worked in their, their, uh, their little tagline into the quote here. We already have over 100 people we've put on that list, Bastion told NBC. So there you go. No wow. Delta flight into the future if you, you know, don't wear a mask. This is pretty incredible. The, the power of will... That somebody has to refuse putting on a gas, a gas mask, a mask that they would follow through with holding out and returning the plane. I'm talking about from the passenger's point of view. Yeah. That is a strength of will that I do not think I have right now. Yeah. You know, it depends I, on I, the I could situation. refuse to wear a mask. I could push back. But if they're like, okay, we're turning this plane around. And we're dropping you back off. I would, pro I'm, you know, I don't know whether I'm proud of it or not. I'm not proud of it. I would put a mask on. Okay, but the, is they, they the thought of daddy, daddy pilot turning around, turning this plane around. But I think were they, they weren't in the air yet. Were they, they couldn't have no, been in the air. No, no, of course they weren't. Okay. But, okay. That, that would be a whole different level. Honestly, it doesn't even matter to me. The second I leave that <laughs> gate and I'm ready to go, that is a, a strength of will that I do not possess at this moment. That is really taking a stand to cancel your flight and, and delay the flight to taxi all the way out and to taxi all the way back. And, you know, really, I'm man, those must have been the most hated people within a hundred mile radius. Oh, I'm sure. But you know, the thing is, if you're going to make that statement, you know, make it, I don't know. There's, uh, you can make that statement without inconveniencing people. Well, I you know, I, and here's the thing. <laughs> this is its own for, this is a real protest. You yeah. Know, you're talking yeah. about protests and there's all this conversation about how, like, you know, if you don't make it inconvenient for other people, then it's not really a protest. That's why all these protests are blocking highways and, you know, autonomous zones and smashing windows, because that's, you know, the way that they are 
making their feelings actually heard. If it's not inconveniencing somebody, it's not a real protest. And this is a real protest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, remember Al Gore, speaking of climate change with all that, remember Al Gore's inconvenient truth? Well, well, it's a, this is another one of those things where you take their, their words for verbatim and create inconvenience for the truth. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. There it is. Okay. Uh, let's move on here from the great mask debate and talk about the space. Pope reptilian. reptilian. Space Pope reptilian. All right. This is coming from news 24.com breaking news first. Uh, and the article is fake news. No, Pope Francis is not canceling the Bible. <laughs> I got Pope Francis, the here. global head of the Catholic Church, has canceled the Bible and proposes to create a new book, claims several messages shared on Facebook and WhatsApp. The claim dates back to at least April 2018. In July 2020, a Kenyan website published an article headlined, End Time, is, why the, uh, is this why Pope Francis has rejected the Bible? The article was shared with Africa Czech in Kenya on WhatsApp. It reports that the Pope had deemed the Bible outdated. Quote, we cannot keep trying to talk to our audience in a completely new world with an old book of several thousand years, it quotes him saying. But the article gives no detail on when or where Francis said this and reads more like an opinion piece than a news story. Has the head of the Catholic Church canceled its holiest book? We checked fiction used as real news if the claim were accurate news of the bible's cancellation would have been widely reported across the world but no credible news outlet including the catholic church's official vatican news has carried the story a google search for pope francis cancels the bible only leads to fact checks debunking the claim well you know the algorithms led you there okay that doesn't mean everybody's (laughs) google search will say that i like how that's used as like a proof Oh, yeah, a point of fact. Well, I Googled it, and it was just a bunch of fact-checking, so it must be false. The story seems to have first appeared online in uh, the 2nd of April 2018 article on the website There Is News. The site describes itself as a humor site whose purpose is entertainment. It adds the content of TIN is fiction and does not correspond to reality. The site's slogan is not real, but so funny. But when fiction, humor, or satire is reused as real news, it becomes disinformation. Africa Czech has debunked other fictional stories, later shared widely on social media as though they were real. When the claim first started circulating in April 2018, Bishop Jose Luis Gerardo Ponce de Leon, IMC of the Diocese of Manzini in Swaziland, wow, quite the quite the title, part of the Southern African Catholic Bishops Conference, wrote an article dismissing it, quote, in the last few weeks, different people wrote to me privately asking if it was true that Pope Francis was has canceled the Bible and proposes to create a new book. This fake news is being shared on social media, he said. Quote, it is interesting that people might believe something like this, considering that Pope Francis has chosen to celebrate daily mass with groups of people, mainly from the parishes in Rome, where he constantly refers to the Bible in his daily homilies. A year later, an article in Vatican News quotes the Pope telling the Catholic biblical federation that quote the bible is not a 
is not a beautiful collection of sacred books to study. It is the word of life to be proclaimed through the streets of the world. In his homilies or sermons, Francis continues to quote the Bible. The book is not canceled. So there you go, Gons. The Pope has not canceled the Bible. <laughs> well, you know, th- this type of thing, uh, a couple things to say here. Obviously, the Pope didn't say that the, the Bible's canceled. There's, uh, I would imagine there's a little bit of, uh, maybe a language barrier or some kind of cultural barrier, given that, uh, I believe the website that it originated from, uh, was not from the same country, but either way it's, uh, this happens in the truther community. It's happened before I've read headlines like, Oh my gosh. And then realize it's happened on the show where you like read a, we think it's like a story. And then we find out that it's a satire website. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, this type of thing can happen to anybody. Yeah. But I will say this. What was satire a decade ago, two decades ago, have most certainly become real life headlines in, yeah, the, in the modern time. Yeah, that's a good point. So while this particular story is quote unquote debunked, uh, I, I will not dismiss the possibility of future uh what i will call popes more like you know what i I would consider maybe false prophets maybe but that's just my opinion uh will perhaps change certain things that uh, they will not point to the bible or if they do they'll change the meaning of things and try to push a different type of agenda and uh you know so something to keep in mind plus the other angle to this is that the people that did pick it up and say, Oh, look at this, look at this, uh, crazy news story about, uh, the Pope saying the the Bible is no more. They themselves could be some kind of operation to make all the uh, conspiracy people go wild because it confirms a sort of bias that exists against the Catholic church in general, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we're not Catholic and we love our Catholic brothers and sisters. However, with the papacy, I disagree with the, the structure of the papacy and the history of Rome and all that. Although, again, you know, big, long conversation about if, how the Bible survived and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of different angles to this. Uh, and I would just say that uh, this is why we have to stay vigilant and watchful is because people can be very easily carried away by headlines and stories that seem to confirm or affirm a particular worldview, especially if you're a truther, you're kind of a contrarian anyway. Yeah. And it's if really news, easy to want to believe anything that goes against the official story. Right. And, and uh, the Pope has said some crazy things already anyway, some questionable things. You don't right. need this story to be true to uh, dig at some of the things that he has suggested. And uh, that goes back to a couple episodes ago. I think we talked about the papacy and, and the history and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in brief but uh yeah so there you go fake news um, dove and serpent times in chat says didn't china last year say they're rewriting the bible for real parables of jesus must fit in with party policy love the chinese people by the way just don't like the agenda on this did you hear that i didn't i that. i think i heard about it i don't know if it's true though seems like more work than they would want to put in yeah that's a lot of work and they, they, they would uh, just uh, rather round him up and throw him into concentration camps to be yeah, honest yeah well that's what i mean that's it's already been banned in many different ways over right. there but yeah, yeah i'm actually i would not put that past them i just don't no. have any information on that and i know that there are atheists and things that have come out and said 
that we need a modern mythology and a, a, a yeah, type the mythology of mythology uh, conversation is very widespread right now. Yeah. Yeah. To sort of ga- galvanize the human race or whatever it is. It's a very, yeah, it's approach. interesting because the atheistic concept, at least of, um, you know, not your teenage rebellion, uh, atheists, but real academic atheists. Yeah. yeah. Real academic philosophers, atheists, people like that. Um, they recognize the importance of a story, like a, you know, a story to be told, a, a mythical story and not mythical in the like not true sense, just mythical in like a reference point for culture sense. Right. Um, and so, yeah. They, How it they, shapes culture, shapes behavior, yeah, you know, shapes you, society. You want to have something to ref- reference parts of your life with. Um, right. Much how, you know, Christians will turn to the Bible as a reference for, you know, parts of their lives or ways to act or things to do, how to feel, uh, you know, who to serve, who not to serve. Right. <laughs> the important stuff. The big stuff. Yeah. yeah. Along with the little stuff too. Yeah. And, and along I've seen with people, that comes symbology and stuff right. like that. I've seen um, people use the Bible as kind of like a, a Rolodex. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like a, what, what do new a age manual? people? Not just a manual, but more of like a divining instrument. Yeah. Yeah. They'll like open yeah. a passage and like point a finger to some passage oh. and they'll read it and they'll be like, oh, this passage is for me and this particular situation. And not to Devoid. say that the word of God doesn't work like that in certain yeah, ways, but possibly could. It could, but uh, that's not the only way you should be using the Bible as some yes. kind of, you know, divining uh, thing. Yeah. But anyway. Um, anyway, there you go. Um. So there we go. You got anything left for? Oh, we do have something left for this show, Gons. Hit me. I know. Yeah, I know. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. This is uh, asaplanned.com. Asapland.com. Asapland. Yeah, yeah. It took me a second. The Last of Us Part Two. This fan-made poster is depopulating on Twitter. What? I don't know what that. I don't know what, what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Last of Us Part Two. I almost bought this game yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. almost. But okay, we'll see what we'll see what they have to say. A month has already passed since Naughty Dog has once again shaken up the world of video games by giving Prince The Last of Us Part Two. Loved by many, hated by some, Neil Druckmann's work has left a profound mark. A mark, eh? On the hearts of millions <laughs> of players, and is already inspiring artists from around the world. One of these. Known as Iconic Nephilim, he made a wonderful one fan-made poster from The Last of Us 2, which, is that a typo? That's a weird sentence. Uh, Which, in our opinion, would not look out of place alongside official promotional materials. In the illustration, all the main characters of the game stand out, starting from the inevitable Ellie and Joel, up to Dina, Abby, Tommy, and many others. The work is getting huge acclaim on Twitter. And you could admire it in its entirety at the bottom of this news. By the way, the author also took care uh, to share the fascinating one video documenting the entire process or production process. And it's a, it's a pretty professional looking uh, poster with the characters it's a great and stuff. Poster. And he it's named, the poster is called iconic Nephilim. Iconic Nephilim huh. is the name of the poster. And I'm not sure why it is named yeah, that. I don't really know much about this game, so I, I don't I'm not catching any references or anything, but it's hidden in plain sight, whatever it is. 
the Nephilim uh, are in the people. Nephilim updates. Nephilim updates. Nephilim updates. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> well, this is great, Gons. We're not that far past our time limit. No, so no. We, we did but, a good uh, job. Yeah. All right, everybody, we're going to land this plane. Thank you so much for tuning in to Canary Cry News Talk today. Remember, we're going to be back on Wednesday, I believe, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So set your alarms now, turn on notifications, do all uh, do all of that good stuff. And um, remember, we we're well, what am I saying? I want to thank our producers, <laughs> thank our new producers so much, whether that was financially or uh, administratively or artistically or whatever you helped out with. You are a producer of the show. Tell your friends, take ownership because Gons and I consider that to be the case. Um, we appreciate it very much. Remember, you can become a producer, first of all, by going to patreon.com slash CCNT, joining up uh, in the battle against the evil uh, idol and icon and system of advertising that has its stranglehold on people trying to uh, make good work. You can help us fight that battle and uh, become a producer, an official producer of the show at patreon.com slash CCNT. Or if Patreon's not your thing, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary! CryRadio.com slash support. That's right. And over there, just to say again, you got PayPal options. Uh, you can do a monthly subscription or a uh, one-time donation if commitment's not your thing. Uh, we really, really cannot thank our producers enough, no matter what you do to help produce the show. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really a great... I, I never imagined that we would have built such a community of involved people who uh, who are not just involved, but we couldn't do a lot of stuff without them. Yeah. Um, and it's it means a lot more than the days when it was just you and me doing everything, Gons, or not doing everything, <laughs> not doing everything <laughs> as the yeah. case may have been. Yeah. Um, but it really is heartwarming to know that people out there uh, are taking ownership of the show, putting in work, uh, uh, allocating funds, things like that to keep the show going. And uh, more than anything else, it renews every new producer that gets involved. It renews the feeling, Gons, that we are on the right track and we need to keep going and uh, stay vigilant with what the Lord's asked us to do. So Amen. thank you very much. Become a part of that in whatever way you can. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's anything else to say. What do we want to okay. do? If you oh, all right. <laughs> if you want to make jingles or you want yes. to make art, all those things, send them to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Thank you very much for that. Uh, keep them coming. You can find the art on uh, Facebook, the Canary Cry Radio Facebook page, as well as canarycrynewstalk.com. Make sure to join one of the Canary Cry communities. If you're a Facebook person, if you enjoy that, we have the Canary Cry community on Facebook. Just keeps growing. Let me give you a recommendation, though, because uh, I am pretty much the only person uh, you know, pressing the approve button at this point. 
Um, and when you try to join the group, it's going to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, do you listen? Have you listened to the podcast? And where did you uh, learn about the group? Um, I I just don't let people in if they don't answer those questions because uh, the group is specifically, you know, there's tons of groups where you can just join and post whatever nonsense and, you know, just talk about conspiracy theories and get in fights and do all this kind of stuff. There's tons of groups where you can do that. The Canary Cry community is not one of those groups. It's specifically for people who listen to the show. You are aware of the worldview of the show. You, you know, you know, the jokes, the inside stories You're, And if you don't know them, you're open to them. Um, that type of thing. So if you try to join the Canary Cry community on Facebook, answer the questions um, because that's the only way you're going to get let in. And that's just to protect the community from uh, infiltrators and people and trolls and people who just want to cause trouble or not even that or just people who don't appreciate uh, who wouldn't appreciate the group because they've never listened to the show. So there you go. It's not just another conspiracy group or something. It's it's uh, it's for you. It's for you, people who are Canarians, um, and we like to keep it that way. So make sure to answer the questions. Also, if you want to join an off Facebook uh, group, you can go to canarycry.community. That's a real URL. I know. It's crazy. Type in canarycry.community into your address bar, and uh, it's a totally separate social network uh, disconnected from, you know, Facebook, disconnected from Google accounts, disconnected from everything. So if you're trying to unplug from the sort of uh, monstrosity of social media, um, but you still want to connect with people like you who listen to the show, uh, produce the show, whatever, whatever level you're sitting at, canarycry.community, that's the place for you. Go do it. All right. Now, the last way. Remember, you leave ratings and reviews. Do it. We need it. I'm going to I'm going to read them. And, but the more most important thing than everything else is you got friends, you got family. They're all waking up realizing that the world is not what it seems and uh, they need they need uh, they need a a sherpa to help them down the <laughs> the narrow path of waking up. And uh, you should share a show with them. Send them an episode. Once we get these clips, just send them clips. You know, uh, We are here to help people on that journey of thinking critically about the media that is being presented to them and uh, everything going on around the world. So send them an episode. Tell your friends. Tell your friend, family. Uh, word of mouth is the best way to... Uh, a share the show spread the show which we appreciate but it's also the best way to uh help people along that journey you know if you're just posting it on facebook which you should also do but it's much more effective uh to tell them personally and send them an episode so please do that and if you need any more instructions here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and then you shake it the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted Yes, ask Noah. That's right, folks. 
Remember, we'll be back on Wednesday, sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to tune in live and make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcatcher you want to use. And remember to follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. And... it i think that's it i think that's it make sure to tune in to the next episode of canary cry news talk but until then think outside the cage canaries in a cage rattle her cage a little bit more I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and The camera's on Zoo.